Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. If you have your Bibles, open it with me to Psalms 107, and as you do, say this with me today, I receive the Word of God, the prophet me, reproof me, convict me, instruct me to righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good things. Amen. Glory to God. Have you found Psalms 107? Starting with verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, the north and the south. And so it says here in verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Well, we don't need just to be saying so. What we need to be saying is that I'm redeemed by the Lord. I've been redeemed. Now, that word redeem, it means to be delivered. It means to be ransomed. It means to be purchased. There is a kinsman redeemer or an act of a kinsman redeemer where somebody in your family comes in and purchases back those things that have been lost or sold or given away over the years. And in a certain time, in that law of redemption, whatever was intended to be yours in the very first place all along is going to be purchased back and it's going to be your possession again. And so when we put that in, our, in perspective with our walk with God, everything that God intended for you to have, he has already purchased so you can have it again, regardless of how you lost it, regardless of what's happened. Well, you know, Pastor, I had a great inheritance. Well, you know what? God can return that great inheritance. I'm here to tell you that God is able to restore all things back to you. Amen. You know, years ago, um, Vicki and I... Um, we, we uh, had a situation where we began to sell our house when we first came up here. And we sold it to a couple, and a very dear couple, and we're, we're, you know, we love them and everything. And they bought our house there in Fort Worth uh, with an a option, lease the option to buy. And both of them lost their jobs. And uh, they couldn't pay the rent anymore. And so, you know, no hard feelings, you know, we, we did what we could, no animosity about it all. It should be that way when those things happen. No animosity. We still loved them and everything, but, you know, they had to, you know, find another place to, to, to stay and live. And so we gave them plenty of time to do all that. And so when we went, put the house on the market, you know, 9-11 happened. And, you know, when 9-11 happened, for those who don't remember or recall, when 9-11 happened, the real estate, I mean, the bucket fell out of real estate. Nothing was selling. No houses were moving or anything. And so we sat on that house for a while, and then about six months went by, and the realtor said to us, called us up, and they said, I don't know why your house isn't selling. And, of course, some of the, you know, shark realtors, I mean, if you know what a shark realtor is, you know, hey, I'm going to try to get this for a fire sale. You know, called me up. I'll tell you why your house isn't selling, and, and I'll sell it to you for, you know, I'll sell it for, you know, about $25,000, $30,000 less than what you're listing for. And I guarantee I'll sell it. Well, I thought, well, I could do that, you know. 
And so anyway, I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And so we went down for a minister's conference. Pastor Bob had a minister conference every year that, uh, during that time. We went down there, and I thought, well, I'll go and I'll paint, repaint the house a little bit, fix it up during the day, and then at night I'll go to the conference. So I went to the conference the first day, and we had a move of prayer, and I was down praying, and God spoke to me and said, you didn't come down here to paint the house. I'm like, yes. And so I thought, well, I'll hire one of the contracts I knew there at Calvary. Maybe he'll paint the house. And so the realtor came, and we talked. And while I was praying, the Lord said, I want you to relist the house for 25000 more than what you're asking now. I said, wow, that's a, that's a real step of faith. So the realtor came and visited me. I said, God spoke to me and said to relist this house for $25,000 more. And she said, uh, wait a minute, you don't understand. I said, listen, let's just do what God tells us to do. And she said, okay, that week we got a contract on our house. Amen. So, you know, God has a way of redeeming back that which was lost or that which has been stolen in your life. That's why we need to say on a regular basis, I've been redeemed. Somebody say, I've been redeemed. And so the law of redemption means that whatever was intended to be yours all along, regardless of how it left your possession, has been purchased back for you or restored back to you. So redemption brought us back to God. So I'm just going to go over a review here, a little bit of what I shared a couple weeks ago. Redemption is what brought us back to God. Jesus said in Mark 10, 45, he said, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but Come, he came to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. He gave his life a ransom for many. Well, in the Old Testament, we see uh, a story in the book of Hosea, uh, how God spoke to Hosea to go and to ransom or to pay a price back for his wife. In Hosea chapter 3, verses, uh, verses 1 and 2, the, then the Lord said to me, go again and love a woman who's loved by a lover and is committing adultery. Just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel, who looked to other gods and loved the raisin cakes of the pagans, so I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and a half homers of barley. So here in the book of Hosea, he bought back his bride. She left him. She's committing adultery. She's living with other men. And now she had gotten herself into a place of prostitution where she was a sex slave. And there was a price for her. Now, he didn't have to buy her back. But the Lord spoke to him, the buyer back, as an example of God's going to purchase back his children back to, back to themselves. So Hosea bought Gomer back after she had become a slave and the com with, with a combination of 15 pieces of silver and a homer and a half of barley total to the standard price of a slave. So he bought her back. He purchased her back. Now, not only was she his wife, but now she was his slave. But he didn't leave her as a slave. He put her back in that rightful place as his wife. Isn't it something that Jesus was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver? Connect the dots here. See, Jesus was betrayed, and he was per we, we, he, we were purchased back by that betrayal of 30 pieces of silver. 
So redemption brings us back to God. We're bought by God. Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve and to be a ransom, or I am purchasing you back in order for you to have a relationship with God. Secondly, redemption is everlasting. It's not just the one thing. Jesus made this redemption, and it is an everlasting covenant. In Hebrews chapter 9, verses 12, the Amplified Bible says it like this. He went once for all into the holy of holies of heaven, not by virtue of the blood of goats and calves, by which makes reconciliation between God and man, but by his own blood, having found and secured a complete redemption an everlasting, say everlasting, everlasting release for us. So that redemption's forever. It's for all of us who will receive that redemption. Redemption is forever. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I have been redeemed, bought back, put back into the family of God, and I'm one of his. Now, there's a parable in the Word of God that talks about how a man found a treasure in his field. And when he saw this treasure, he didn't own the field, so he went and sold everything he had so that he could buy that field so he could have the treasure that's in that field. Well, I'm here to tell you that God did the same thing. He saw you in the field of this world and said, there's a treasure there. He sold everything he had and purchased that field so he could have you back. That's what redemption's all about. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. So redemption is everlasting. Redemption allows us to enter into the Holy of Holies and have a personal relationship with God. In John chapter 10, 1 through 10, we talked about how Jesus said, I'm the door, I'm the way. No man can enter to God without going through me. What did Jesus mean by that? You know, and a lot of people say, well, there's many ways to God. Well, there's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. But God has many ways of reaching people. That I agree with. But there's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus said to Nicodemus when he came at night, when he said, hey, you know the ways of God, you know the plans of redemption, what are they? And Jesus said, unless a man's born of water and born of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus like, well, how is a man supposed to be born a second time? And he said, whosoever shall believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, for God so loved you, he so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe upon him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, in the very next chapter, in John chapter 17, 3, Jesus said, this is everlasting life, or this is eternal life. The exact same words in the Greek. And that is to know the one and true God. In other words, Jesus came to save you, that's true. He came to heal you, that's true. But his whole purpose of purchasing you and redeeming you is so that you can walk again and walk with your heavenly Father. Be in relationship with him. So redemption allows us to enter into the Holy of Holies. And Jesus said, it's the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So the thief came to steal, but Jesus bought us back after we were stolen. Years ago, we had a, a family staying in our home, and we went on vacation. 
And uh, this wasn't a family. It was a, 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 a lady in the church, and, and uh, we had an extra bedroom, and she, we were letting her stay there until we got through, until she got through some, uh, an, an issue that she was going on. And she had her son over. We were on vacation. She had her son over, you know, and he went up to the mall, and he took my son's skateboard when he went up to the mall. And when he came back, he had hid the skateboard in, the, in some bushes, but when he came back, the skateboard had been stolen. And so when we got home, she felt really bad. I said, don't worry about it. What did I do? I went out and bought another skateboard. No big deal. Better skateboard, yes. A newer skateboard, yes. No big deal. That's what your fathers do. That's what we do. Somebody steals something from my son? Well, you know what? I don't know where it's at. I'll go and buy him another one. Well, this is the way God looks at you. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give it to you beyond measure or to give it to you abundantly. And that word life is God's kind of life. So the enemy came to steal, but you know what? He had no idea how God was going to purchase you back. He came to give you life, his life, his abundant life, and to give it to you abundantly means beyond measure. That means it's everlasting, it's continue. All the blessings of the Lord should be flowing in our lives on a regular basis because we have been redeemed. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. So he gave you, he's given you God's kind of life. Redemption allows us to have a personal relationship with God and to come boldly to the throne of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may attain mercy and grace to help in time of need. Now I want to be real honest with you. I don't know a time I don't need God's grace and God's mercy. I need it every day of my life. And the word grace is favor. And how many of you know that the favor of God's on my life? How many of you know the favor of God's up on your life? How many of you know that we all can have the favor of God walking in us? Why? Because he redeemed us so that he can baptize us in that kind of favor. What is grace? Grace is unmerited favor. God's unmerited favor. What does that mean? That means that you don't have to earn it. You don't have to be good enough for it. God wants to give you this favor. What's a favor? A favor is doing something for you that you can't do for yourself. Using their ability. Using their resources. That's what a real favor is. You know, someone knocks on the door and says, hey, you know, I don't, I, I'm out of sugar. I'm right in the middle of a, 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 of a recipe. Will you do me a favor? Will you give me a cup of sugar? That's not a real favor. They can go to the store and get their own sugar. Isn't that right? You're helping them out of a bad situation. I mean, the, you know, the, uh, uh, the banana bread is just about ready to burn, and you want to help them out, right? And so you give them a cup of sugar or whatever, you know, whatever they need. Yes, that's an act of kindness, but a real favor is doing something for somebody with your resources, using your ability for some, something they can't do for themselves. That's why the favor of God is so important. We, we need to understand that redemption gave us the very favor of God, gave us the grace of God. So redemption allows us to enter into the holy of holies. Redemption forgives us. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace or according to the riches of his favor. Redemption justifies and cleanses us. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. We quote Romans chapter 3, verse 23. We've all, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Romans 3.24 says, being justified freely. So if someone paid for it, what's it cost you? 
nothing. So you're being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says, But of him you are in Christ, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. And so we need to know that we have been redeemed. Tell your neighbor, I've been redeemed. You've been redeemed. And so the whole purpose of you know, redemption is to understand why are we saying this? Why are we declaring this? Because we need to understand that everything that we need of in this life, God's already made provision for us. That's why it says in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, according to his divine power, he's given you all things. Say all things. He's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Why can you say that? Because of the law of redemption. Somebody say, I am redeemed. Now go with me to Psalms 103. Psalms 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Now this was over 20 years ago, and I remember it distinctly because we were in the old location. And I was praying, Lord, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. It says, bless the Lord. I want to bless you. And I told the Lord, I said, I'm going to stay on this until I know how to bless you. Well, trying to bless God's trying to, like, find your dad a Father's Day present when he has everything, you know. And a lot of times, you know, my dad, well, I have everything, but, you know, your presence is all I need. I'm thinking, how does that work, you know? No, he enjoyed me coming around. I'm his son. Well, you know, that's one of the things that blesses God is getting into his presence. That blesses him. But I was like, Lord, I want to bless you. I want to know how to bless you. I really want to know how to bless you. And finally, one day he spoke to me. How many of you want to know what he said? Come back next Sunday and I'll tell you. No, I'll tell you right now. No, he said this to me. He said, if you really want to bless me, then receive everything that I have for you. Wow. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. This is how you bless God. Don't forget about his benefits. He's got a whole ton of, in fact, the Bible says he loads you daily with benefits. How come you have a right to him? Because you've been redeemed. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. Forgetting all those benefits. Who forgives you of your iniquities, who heals you of all your diseases. Who heals you of all your diseases. Who heals you of all your diseases. And who redeems your life from destruction. He's purchased you back from destruction. You were going down a path of destruction, and he bought you, and he put you back on the path of righteousness. Glory to God. Not only did he do that, he not only put you back on the path of righteousness, but he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. In other words, he said, now you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation unto God. And he put you back as a prince in the kingdom of God. Well, you know, I mean, if you watch any of the things that go over in England and they have a kind of a following here over here in America, everybody follows the king and the queen and all these other things, you know. Before Prince Charles became King Charles, he didn't lack anything. You know, what's the big media about, um, what are the two boys' name? Somebody help me. William and Harry. What's the big thing about Harry? Oh, he, has, he, he wants to do it on his own. 
He has separated. But you know what? He's not hurting for anything. How dare you do this on your own, Harry? Well, you know, I don't know the situation. I didn't talk to anybody. I'm not going to spread any gossip here, you know. But nevertheless, you know, William and Harry, they're not hurting for anything, are they? Why? Because the kingdom is doing what? Providing for them, isn't it? You know, they don't ever have to work another day in their life. Why? Because of their princes. Because they can receive from that particular kingdom that's already been set up for them. Well, what's God done for you? Come on. He's crowned you. What do you think you've been crowned to do? Huh? You've been crowned to be a prince or a princess. Come on, somebody. You're not just, you know, some old fly-by-the-night person. You are a prince and a king in the kingdom of God. If that's the case, then you have access to all the royalty that God has. Why? Because I'm redeemed. He's redeemed your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. And he satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like an eagle's. And so it says right here, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who's forgiven you of all your iniquities. Well, if you're forgiven, then is there anything hindering you from receiving from God? No, you're the righteousness of God. This is why it's good to, you know, pray this over yourself on a regular basis. I pray this over myself a lot of times. I thank you, God. Help me not to forget all your benefits. In fact, you know, I've been praying it like this lately. I'm, I'm like, Lord, I'm looking forward to seeing those benefits manifest today. I'm looking forward to seeing the favor of God manifest today. I'm looking forward to see the goodness of God manifest today. I'm looking forward to seeing maximum results, the highest level attainable today. Glory to God. I'm expecting. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm a child of God. I've been redeemed. He purchased me. He took me out of the, the world of sin, and he purchased me and brought me into, the, uh, into his world, into his kingdom, and into the kingdom of righteousness. So he purchased me. Well, go with me to Galatians chapter 3. Are you glad you came to church? If you're not, don't say anything. Galatians chapter 3. And we're going to start with verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Okay? So in other words, if you're living by the law then if you're not completely fulfilling the law, you're not completely obedient to the law, as we'll see here in Deuteronomy 28, then you're leaving a door open for the curse to come upon you. And the Bible says a curse without cause cannot come upon you. Now, that's very important to know that. Why? Because you, as a redeemed believer in Christ, there is not a cause for the curse to come upon you. There's not a cause for the curse to come upon you. But those who are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. That's Deuteronomy 28. We're going to go there in just a minute. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. 
becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangeth on a tree, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So let's look at that again. Christ has redeemed us. Say, I'm redeemed. Christ has purchased you back from the curse of the law. Now, what's he referring to? He's referring to the curse that is written in Deuteronomy 28. Now, look at this one more time. Christ has redeemed. Now, there's two little letters behind that word redeemed called ED. Okay? Is it on the screen there? Redeemed. You've been redeemed. You're not getting redeemed. It's already a done deal. You have been purchased from the curse of the law. You have been purchased from the curse of the law. Leave it there, it's all right. You have been purchased from the curse of the law. Why is that so important? Well, go over with me to Deuteronomy 28. So redeem, it means it's a past tense, it's a done deal. It's by payment of a price to recover from the power of another. It's a payment of a price to recover from the power of another. Has that payment been made? Absolutely, through Christ Jesus. It means to ransom or it means to buy off. It means to buy off. Well, go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28. And this is where it really starts getting good. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. Amen. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you to do, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now let's read that one more time. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments. What are his commandments for the New Testament believer? Anybody know? Remember when the lawyer came to me and said, hey, you know, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said, well, he gave him the commandments. He gave him the commandments. He, well, what are the, two, what are the most important commandments? He said, to love God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. Those, you do those, and you fulfill all the commandments. How much easier it is you know, walking with God because Christ has redeemed us. Okay, now move to me, move on with me to verse 15. But it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and statutes which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Well, somebody say, not me. That's not happening to me. No, not me. But this is where it gets real good because when you read the curses, you'll begin to understand what God's redeemed you from. These are the curse of the law. What it's saying in Galatians chapter 3, it says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. That's right here. Deuteronomy 15 through 62. All these curses you're redeemed from. Well, verse 19 uh, or verse 20 says, the Lord will send on you uh, uh, cursing and confusion. 
You know, if you're redeemed from confusion, and that word confusion means, means vexation or torment or disturbance or, or turmoil or disquieted or panic, if you're redeemed from confusion, the truth is you're redeemed from emotional and mental health issues. Glory to God. You're redeemed from mental stress. And what's one of the things that scientists, medical uh, science tells us that creates issues in our body, creates sickness in our body, and that's stress. And you're redeemed from it. You don't have to be stressed out. In fact, God uh, made stress to be upon the enemy. Because if you look in the Old Testament, you see the word distress, it means stress. He said, I will distress those who come against you. God didn't design you to be stressed. That's under the curse. You know, whatever, <coughs> whatever's trying to, you know, plague your mind, bother you, cause you to be worried, get you upset, get you in anxiety, you need to say, I'm redeemed from that. I'm redeemed from confusion. I'm redeemed from vexation. I'm redeemed from rejection. I'm redeemed from anxiety. I'm redeemed from panic. That's who I am. I'm redeemed. That's why it says in Psalms uh, 102, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Not so. I'm redeemed from confusion. I'm redeemed from panic. I'm redeemed from fear. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the government says. It doesn't matter what's going on in the economy. It doesn't matter what's going on in my neighborhood because there's no man and there's no devil and there's no government that will ever stop the will of God for my life because I've been redeemed. Can somebody say amen in this house? I'm redeemed. You're going to get it because every time I say I'm redeemed, you ought to be saying I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed from all this mess. Glory to God. I have nothing to fear. Hallelujah. Consumption. That's another one. Consumption is a wasting to disease. Also, one of the definitions for consumption is the wasting disease of the lungs. Oh, man, Pastor, you know, these certain times of the year, you know, I get asthma. And what is that? Consumption of the lungs. I'm redeemed. Come on, somebody. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed from consumption. I'm redeemed from asthma. I'm redeemed from these things that are out in, in the world, in the environment. I'm redeemed. The redeemed of the Lord needs to say so. Well, I'm redeemed. Blasting. That means the blight of crops or drought. I've been going out in my backyard and saying, I'm redeemed from drought. I'm redeemed from drought. Uh-uh. I don't care if there's not a cloud in the sky. Rain's coming on my property because I've been redeemed. You know, I don't care if the neighbor's water pipe has to break in order for my glass to get watered. I'm redeemed. Hallelujah. God can do it any way he wants to. I'm redeemed from madness. You know, I, I, I'm redeemed from confusion. Here's another one. I'm redeemed from blindness. Hallelujah. My eyes aren't going to grow dim. Glory to God. Well, pastor, you're wearing glasses. That's right. So I can see your pretty face until I'm healed. Amen. But I'm redeemed. I tell myself, eyes, you're redeemed. Once in a while, I take my glasses off just to, just to live by faith. 
Amen. I'm redeemed. Hallelujah. I'm redeemed from losing my eyesight. And glasses doesn't mean I'm, I'm losing my eyesight anyway. It just means that I can see you much better. I'm redeemed from astonishment. You know what astonishment is? Bewilderness or being dismayed. That's what astonishment is. I'm redeemed. You know, so many times the Bible says, fear not. In Isaiah 41, uh, 10, it says, uh, fear not and be not dismayed. Dismayed means to be distracted by what's going on. You can get so caught up in what's going on that you can forget that, you know what, God's trying to bless you. God's trying to lead and guide you. And this is what it means. I've been redeemed from these, this, the, these being dismayed. I've been redeemed from astonishment. Those things that make me feel like, well, kind of like the you know, man that was at the gate of Samaria when the ten leopards came, I mean the four leopards came back and you know, and, and, or I mean, when the man was at the gate, uh, when Elijah prophesied over Samaria and said, hey, by this time tomorrow, God's going to pour out from heaven a blessing and everything's going to be made back, be made back to normal. And the guy said, well, if God opened up the windows of heaven, how could that be? He was dismayed. He couldn't believe. He was astonished. He couldn't believe. I'm redeemed from not believing. I'm believing from doubting. You know, when the enemy comes and says, well, you know, do you think God can really do that? I'm redeemed from your doubts. I don't have to think those things. God, help me set my mind and my focus on you only. Hallelujah. Let the Lord, let, let, the, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed. You know, one of the curses is losing your favor. I'm redeemed. I ain't, I'm not losing my favor. Uh-uh, no, 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 I'm not losing my favor. You know, I went through a period, man, there was just so much favor in my life, and then I went through a period, there wasn't as much favor, and, uh, and, and, and I repented, got back on track, but, you know, as I was praying and asking the Lord, you know, why did I lose that favor? It's not that I lost it, but what happened was I was persecuted for it. I was persecuted for it. People, well, you know, you, you preachers, you just, you know, you get rich. Well, you know, Vicky and I are blessed, but we're not rich, you know, but we're, we're, we're getting there, you know, and you know what? The favor of God's on my life and favor is not fair and I get it. It's not fair, fair for those who don't have it, but you know what? You can have the same favor I have and people get jealous of that favor. You know, why you? Well, look what happened to Isaac when he sowed in the, in, in the famine. He got a hundredfold return in the same year. What did the Philistines do? They got jealous. They start persecuting him. Hey, that well, that's our well. So Isaac just said, well, okay, I'll go dig another well. And so he did. No, that's our well too. So okay, I'll go dig another well. He was digging his father's well. But then he found a place where he dug his own well. And he dug, and he found the mother load. And you know what? Nobody complained anymore. They finally came and said, you know what? The blessing of the Lord or the favor of God so much on your life that we realize that we need to be in covenant with you. And so I realized that there went through, I went through a period of time where, you know, the favor of God was on our life, and people began, began to persecute me for it, began to belittle me for it. And so I kind of backed off. Well, you know. 
And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I, I wanted everybody to like me. Well, you know what? If you have the favor of God on your life, not everybody's going to like you. I'd rather have the favor of God in my life and just tell you, get over it. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed from that thought. Glory to God. Now look at this. Deuteronomy 28, 47 through 48. Did you know that failing knee, joint pain, inflammation, did you know all that's under the curse? You know, when I was, when I was living in Fort Worth, I had, I had a period of time in my life where I had impacted sinuses, and, and, and I didn't know what allergies were. I, I mean, you know, I, I had no idea what was going on. And so finally, after I think probably six weeks of treatment and stuff, finally the, the doctor got it to where my, my sinuses weren't impacted anymore. And he said, I really think you need to go to a clinic and get, some, get tested for allergies. I said, oh, okay. So I went in, and, and uh, they tested me for allergies. And we discovered there wasn't anything I wasn't allergic to. I mean, it seemed like everything I was allergic I mean, it seemed like everything out there I was allergic to, you know. And so I'd, I'd get these allergy shots, and then I end up with an asthma attack, and oh my gosh, it was miserable. And so one day the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, you have faith to, to, to overcome this. I said, all right. And so I quit the allergy shots, went cold turkey, and, and he told me what to do, and I did it, and uh, lo and behold, it worked. But then I found out that what causes allergies or sinus problems? That stuff gets in your nose, and it swells up your sinuses. That's called inflammation. And I start saying, I'm redeemed from inflammation. I declare, I'm redeemed from inflammation. I say it all the time. And breathe through my nose with no problem at all. Glory to God. Went back to my doctor, you know, uh, after we moved up here, went back to my doctor. We went out and had lunch together. And he said, man, you must be really struggling. I said, why is that? He said, well, you live now in the ENT capital of the world. That's ear, nose, throat specialist. Because more people have allergies and sinus problems where you live than anywhere else in the United States. I said, Doc, I'm redeemed. Amen. He was a believer. Amen. He goes, you're right. You're redeemed. I mean, he said, praise God for that. I'm redeemed from inflammation. You know, I, had, uh, I was doing some work at the old location, and I twisted my back. I had a little different... Uh, almost fell and twisted my back and um, one of the uh, uh, vertebrae in my neck began to kind of swell up and I mean I was in a lot of pain I mean my, my, my arm was numb and, and, and it was hard for me to sleep and all those things and I went to the doctor and they said you have a herniated disc I said oh so I, I found out what a herniated disc was and that is you know in life you know our discs were made round and it goes out like a football. But you know, God made your back so that it can absorb that. But whenever you injure your muscle or sprain that muscle, that muscle begins to push against that herniated disc, pushing that sciatic nerve, causing pain. What is that muscle being swollen? Inflammation. And so I begin to declare, I'm redeemed from inflammation. Boy, I lay hands on my neck. I'm, re I'm redeemed from inflammation. Yes, I got a little medical help during that particular time. You know, but after uh, my second uh, procedure, I didn't get any more medical help. But the, the symptoms was this, this, this middle finger, the very tip of it, was always numb. Just numb. You know, 
I thought, well, hey, that's better than all the other pain I had. But I kept on standing. I'm redeemed. I declared I was redeemed from information. Finally, I was at a meeting, and it didn't happen online. I wanted to say that. Um, finally, it happened at a meeting that I was intending to. It didn't happen online. Thank God I went and got together and a fellowship with a bunch of believers. And Jerry Savelle, of all people, he was preaching that day. He said, somebody has, and he pointed out that exact number of discs, whatever it was, C5 or whatever it was, you know, herniate discs. So I went on down and prayed. For, he prayed for me, and bam, completely healed. Amen. Numbness in my, my, the tip of my middle finger left me. Haven't had any problems since. I'm redeemed from inflammation. Inflammation is the cause of most sickness in life. Stress causes inflammation sometimes, and inflammation you know, creates a, a, a lot of sickness in our lives. I'm redeemed from inflammation. Well, look at this. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 47. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart, for the abundance of everything, therefore you shall serve your enemies. You know what? After reading that scripture, I'm always happy. Praise God. Amen. I'm praising God for everything. I'm going to serve God with gladness of heart. Whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and in need of everything. He will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. Well, thank God. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he came and he redeemed me so I can have the life of God. Amen. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. redeemed. Well, Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says this, and if the same spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore, does that sound like redemption to you? He'll restore to life your mortal Short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. See, redemption brings healing. Redemption gives you a right to receive your complete healing and walk in the fullness of God. Redemption gives you the right to say, I'll never be sick another day in my life. How can you say that so boldly? Because I've been redeemed. He purchased it for me. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, by his stripes. You were healed. He purchased on his back every sickness that it was ever created in this world so that you could walk in divine health. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let me close up by reading Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Well, I mean, if you're under the shadow of God, you're going to have any lack? You're going to have any sickness? You're going to have any challenges? Absolutely not. You're, you're right there with God. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. I'm redeemed from the snare of the fowler. And from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth, his truth. His word is his truth. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in, in darkness, nor the destruction that lays at noonday. Though a thousand may fall on your side and ten thousand your right hand, it shall not come near you. Why? Because I'm redeemed. 
you know, I didn't know how bad or how, you know, or, or the, the nature of this thing with COVID came out. But when it first came out, I said, not me, not my house. I'm redeemed. Only with your eyes you shall look and see the reward of the wicked because you made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. Nor shall any plague come near you or dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread, not be treaded upon, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and serpent you shall trample underfoot. And because you set your love on him, he will deliver you. Because, and he will set you on high because you know his name. He shall call upon me and I will answer he will be with me in trouble. He will deliver me and honor me. And with long life will he satisfy me and show me his salvation. Why? Because I'm redeemed. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.